0: Hey guys, it's Cinnamon, and I'm back with our first episode of 2019 of Sweet Tea Southern Mama Doing Autism A to Z. I first off would like to say Happy New Year to everyone, and I hope that everyone had a blessed holiday season. Um, We have been MIA for some time now. I think the last episode I recorded was on December the 14th, um, two days post Cortland's ear surgery. And um, after that, we were just really busy with a lot of stuff going on as far as school and um, just taking a break for the holiday season and just spending time together and family and traveling. Um, we had an amazing holiday season. And um, as you all know, the holidays can be tricky for children that are on the spectrum, um, you know, as every day is tricky for them um just you know certain things like light smell sounds um can trigger certain behaviors um in them and cause them to have meltdowns or become overwhelmed or overstimulated um blessed to say that this holiday season we had minimal experience to that the only thing that we really experienced that was kind of like um off or shifted off a little bit was his holiday program at school um, that they did um, in his class. Um, From what I was told by his teachers, he did participate during like the rehearsals and everything. But when it actually came time to get up and perform, you know, for all the parents and do the whole performance it was he wasn't having it it wasn't something that he wanted to do and um as his as a parent um although you want to see your kid participate in these things because he's done it before he did it when he was at chesterbrook academy um without a problem but then he also had a very dear gen generous, generous teacher That you know cared for him a lot when he was there, uh, Miss Melody. And so I think it was just his level of comfort with her that allowed him to be able to get on the stage and do what he needed to do. And then he was only two, so they didn't really do much. Um, But um, at the age of four, I think it was just a tad bit overwhelming. And I have to say that his little friends in his class, they were very, very encouraging of him to come up and, you know, participate with them. But he just wasn't having it because it was just an overwhelming um situation for him. And um, as a parent, like I say, you want your child to do these things and you want them to participate because you want these memories. But the best thing about it was that we were able to stay. Um, we didn't really sit through the program, but we were just able to be there um, and support his classmates. So that was enough for me. And especially after coming off, um, it was two days after his surgery. So I was probably asking a bit much of him at that point. Um, So I kind of understand him not wanting to participate in it being a little overwhelming. Um, and I touch on the words overwhelming, overstimulated a lot when I, you know, record these episodes, just simply because that's how our lives are, that's how our days go. And you know, overwhelmed, being them becoming overwhelmed and overstimulated can stem from a lot of things. Like I'm talking about the Christmas program and just the the lights and the atmosphere and the um, the amount of people. When they were rehearsing, they were just rehearsing just their classroom or with other classes inside the chapel. But on the night of the performance, it was like a lot of people, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, godparents, you know, cousins, they were, you know, all there. And that was really, really overwhelming to him. And um, so that triggered that just that group of people and that's what we deal with a lot like even when we go to grocery stores or to other stores or whatever now he's on this kick now to where walmart seems to be his favorite place to go why i have no idea but this kid loves walmart matter of fact the last night before bed he was asking to go to walmart like it's nine o'clock at night what do you want to go to walmart for Cortland? but anyways that's neither here nor there Um, So basically what I want to talk about, as I was just saying, I was talking about like being overwhelmed and overstimulated and some of the things that may trigger that in children that have um, autism spectrum disorder or other, you know, disabilities that cause issues with sensory processing And um, things of that nature. Now, I'll go back to say once again that I am no expert. I am just a mom that's simply doing autism from A to Z. And I'm learning every day just like everybody else is learning every day. Do I necessarily go with all the textbook answers that are out there? No, I don't, because I've learned that regardless of what a textbook says, that if you work hard enough and if you apply the services and what they are learning in those services and the tools that they are getting from the therapies that they are getting, then your the textbook answer can be proven wrong. Um, just like at one point, you know, they always tell you when you are looking at the, the level of severity when a child is on the spectrum, there's a chance that your child may be nonverbal. Okay, well, Cortland started out speaking and then he lost all vocabulary. Um, I can't necessarily what, say what triggered it, but I do have in my mind something that did trigger that. And it just made him shut down and regress within within himself. But with that regression came you know, other other outlets or other areas that raised red flags for me to, you know, think that maybe he was autistic or on the spectrum. And so that's what prompted me, as I've mentioned in other episodes, to contact his pediatrician and get the ball rolling so we could get that clinical diagnosis if there were to be one. So, um, but as we're talking about the overstimulation, and the textbook, the textbook answers and, you know, um, I was saying, you know, Cortland was nonverbal for like the first two years of his life. Um, he had a vocabulary for a short period of time and again, he lost it. And then it took some time for us to get to the answers that we needed. And some of the answers were the textbook answers because we had to look at several different avenues to even determine why we were nonverbal and why doctors felt like, <clears throat> excuse me, that he may be nonverbal his entire life or he may not really just talk until late in life. So, and as I said, you know, textbook answers, I kind of go with them. I kind of don't go with them. As far as the textbook answers in the nonverbal situation, um the the ones I went with were like you know he had a chronic ear infection, so that was something that needed to be addressed, and we knew we knew the steps that we had to take. We did the surgery, we had the tubes placed in his ears, he had the tubes, he still has one tube, one tube has been removed because it you know they come out eventually, and um the one that was removed got lodged in his ear canal, so we had to go in and surgically remove that just for. The sake of him being so young, and if she had to, if she had done it within her office, then if he had a move, there could have been damage to his eardrum. And so mm. that's why we had the surgery on December the 12th. And uh, he's been a whole different kid since then. Like his vocabulary has picked up, his speech has become more clearer, And so I am a strong believer that this textbook answer to this particular problem works. But as far as the textbook the textbook answer on the whole nonverbal, he could be nonverbal for, you know, his entire life or, you know, he may speak late in life. We defied that obstacle. We defied those challenges. We defied that textbook answer. And that's just simply because we got that surgery and we got him into speech services. Um, we've been through quite a few speech therapists. Um, But I think we finally found one that really gels and really, she really works well with Cortland and not only just in the speech aspect of it, but also because she is an amazing individual and a retired school teacher. And so she can help us in other areas as well, as far as getting him acclimated with school and, you know. Determ- distinguishing behaviors for his current teachers And offering them support and suggestions um, But on the flip side of that When we go outside of the classroom And we're back into our natural habitat Our natural environment of being at home And being around family members Or friends or whatever We're faced with situations, once again That may you know cause him to become overstimulated Or overwhelmed And the sad part about it is a lot of these situations, the sad part about it is a lot of these situations are caused by people that are closest to us. Um, And so what I want to talk about and what I think I want to title this episode is antagonizing individuals or antagonizing situations. Um, A lot of people don't take our journey seriously because as i had the pleasure of being guest speaker on um, my cousin's talk tea, tea talk series excuse me the last sunday of december in um, speaking on our journey with autism, I talk about the, you know, where in some families or where in some communities to so talk about a child's special need or developmental disability or delay or any type of special health care need is almost taboo because we are so so hung up on what society is going to think or how, you know, the label that's going to be placed on our kids um, throughout their schooling and, you know, throughout life. Well, as a parent of a child that does have autism spectrum disorder, I have to be, you know, I can't worry about what people are going to say because if I'm worried about what people are going to say, then I'm not going to get him the, the services that he needs or the help that he needs to help him lead the productive life in society that I know that he can lead. Um, and then I'm, if I do that, then I'm doing a disservice to him. But to some people, they just don't get it and they just don't understand and they turn it into a joke. Well, to me, this is not a joking matter. When you're up for five nights a week, you haven't slept, your kid hasn't slept, sleep is nowhere in sight and you're both mentally and physically exhausted because this is what this this disorder does to them or does to you, um and for someone to take that and not be not think that it's a serious thing is almost like a slap in the face. I think a lot of people sometimes think that we are like I'm doing this for attention. Let me explain something to you. And Cortland is 4 years old. We got a clinical diagnosis at the age of 3. Okay, but before that, we were already dealing with these issues. So for the past two and a half years of our lives, we have had daily ups and downs, daily struggles, challenges, some good, some bad, some ugly when it comes to this thing called autism. So there's no way in heaven on earth that I would want to do something like this for attention at all. If I could say, and I've said multiple times, if I could take this autism spectrum disorder and place it inside my body and free him of it and carry this load for him... I would do that because I see the amount of stress that is on him. I see what, you know, what he goes through when something is new to him and he doesn't understand. I I feel his frustration. I feel it deep in my core. So for there to be individuals on this planet or in our lives or in our natural environment that think that this is a joke And, you know, will do everything in their power to kind of create situations to make him upset or get him upset and then, you know, want to quit making all that noise at him when he does get upset. You know, those are, those are the type of people that I do not wish to have around us, but sometimes it's just not something you can do about it. Um, But you can walk away from people and I found myself as of late just just needing to take those steps and just walk away. And if it means not being a part of certain social circles or aspects or, you know, family gatherings or whatever, then I'm prepared. That's what I'm prepared to do. It's not that I don't. It's not that I think my child is better than the next child or that we're better than the next person or whatever. It's just that I wish not to put my child in those type of situations where he's going to be constantly antagonized by individuals that are going to make him upset, that know his triggers, and they do it for the heck of it. You know, I have to think about him first. I can't think about whose feelings I'm going to hurt because I don't come to your house for uh, for an event that you're having or we don't come to dinners or we don't show up at birthday parties i i can't think about you know oh her her feelings are going to be hurt because he didn't come to a birthday party i have to think about my child's mood when he wakes up that day i have to think about the individuals that are going to be there i have to think about whether these individuals are going to antagonize him just for the heck of it just so that they can say Quit making that noise, boy. There ain't nothing wrong with you. You know, like, I don't, like, I can't keep putting him in those types of situations. Now, there are situations where we have been with family and friends and we have had some amazing times like over the holidays like I I, at the top of the episode I spoke about how holidays can be challenging for families that have children that are on the spectrum and I thought this was going to be the case we had a holiday party at a, at my cousin's house, and I just, I, you know, he was resistant at first because it was a pajama party. He didn't want to put his pajamas on, but then I was like, you know, Cortland, we're going to go to London's house, and we're going to have so much fun, and Kaisha's going to be there, and Riri, and Bree, and Alex, and Aunt Joy, and we're going to have a blast, and when I start calling off those names, he knows that these people are fun, they are loving, and they are caring, And But he also knows that T.T. Riri and Auntie Joy will be strict with him if they need to be. But they are fun and loving individuals. So when we got ready to go, um, he was ready to go. And we went over there and we had a magnificent time. He played the entire time. He engaged with everyone that was there, you know. He just had fun and it wasn't any, you know, Cortland don't do that, Cortland stop, Cortland this, Cortland quit making this noise. It was none of that. So when we are in environments like that, he is eager to be a part of that environment. But when we are going into other environments where it has not necessarily always been that way, that is when the level of stress comes on to him and then my stress intensifies and he feeds off what he feels coming off of me so i try not to put us in situations where we're going to be around antagonizing individuals or the situation itself is just going to be antagonizing to him because i can't allow his level of distress to get high because when it gets high we go into we go into major distress And we have major meltdowns and it's hard to come out of that. And that in and of itself is exhausting. Have you ever, you know, just experienced the child? Now, I need you to understand that there's a difference between meltdowns and tantrums. Okay, a lot of people like to say, oh, he's just throwing a tantrum. No, that's not a tantrum. Um, have you ever experienced a child that's, that's in, that's having a meltdown? Like it's full blown, just horrible, like just their body is in distress. They can't bring themselves out. They can't control their emotions. They can't control anything that is going on with them at the time. They are severely, I don't want to say severely overstimulated, but they are overstimulated. They're overwhelmed. And you have to know how to handle that as a parent. Um, of a child that has autism spectrum disorder and as I said I'm no expert because I'm just going off of what I've learned in the last two and a half years and let me tell you in the beginning I didn't know how to handle it I was that person that said Cortland stop you there's nothing wrong with you like you need to quit making that noise. I was that parent in the beginning because I just simply didn't understand until I educated myself. And that is key here. You have to be willing to educate yourself so that you have a better understanding of what is going on when a child that is on the spectrum is having a meltdown. Especially if you have antagonized this child so much till you have caused it. You can't expect for them just to stop because you decided that you wanted Just nitpick, 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 or you wanted to, or you wanted to show him something or say something to him that you knew that was going to trigger that behavior in him. Like, I don't, do you get your rocks off by doing this? Is my, is what I want to ask some people like, because to me, it's not funny because to me, you're trying to deliberately upset my child and hurt my child and then that's when I take it personally and then that's when mommy turns into mean mommy and she has an attitude and she doesn't care who you are um it's almost to the level of I will disrespect you I don't care who you are I don't care how old you are when you mess with my kid you mess with me So these antagonizing individuals or, you know, situations, you need to really be mindful because you have to think about it. If it were you or if it were your child, would you want that done? No, you would not. So why would you do it to somebody else that, you know, is going to have a major meltdown over it and then sit back and you know fuss at them like that's the one thing you can't do like people like to think that people with autism don't they don't understand a lot but they understand more than we give them credit for and that's the one thing that that's why I push and push, educate yourselves. You know, go online, read academic journals, read scholarly journals, read peer-reviewed journals, read them all and get that education so that you have a better understanding. So you're able to accept this and not just want to sweep it under the rug and think that it's a joke because nothing about what we're living every day is a joke nothing about this is a joke because we don't know when we're going to have good days we don't know when we're going to have bad days but what we do know is that we are blessed to continue to have these days and we roll with them whether they're good or whether they're bad and that's what a lot of people don't understand or don't get or don't want to get it's just like how you know they just want to constantly create situations that will make my stress level high and if my stress level is high then his stress level is high Corlin is four years old he has typical four-year-old behavior, and then there's behavior that you know is because he's on the spectrum because he has this disorder. The thing that you have to do is you have to learn how to distinguish between that behavior. But in learning how to distinguish between that behavior, does not mean antagonize my child to the point to where you have brought on the the behavior that's going to cause him to have a meltdown or act out. Or, you know, like, I've seen my child throw things before. I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be raw. I'm going to be open. I've seen him throw his toys. I've seen him get upset. I've I've seen him throw his iPad. I've seen him knock over the chairs to his little table. You know, I've witnessed my child be so distressed that, In order to bring himself out of it, he will take himself and throw himself into the couch, like just running really fast and just throw him into the couch. And the individuals that cause this behavior sit back and laugh about it because they think it's funny. It's not funny. That is my child in distress. He is upset. He needs to figure out how to self-regulate and bring himself back to center over something you as an adult have caused him to do. So it's not funny. So I need you to stop laughing because they feel and they understand. And if you're laughing at him, it's just going to upset him more. Don't try to touch him don't do anything. Just allow him to, if he needs to charge and throw his body into the couch to get whatever input he needs to bring him back to center, allow him to do that. Respect that need that he has at that moment and you'll see that he'll calm down and he'll come back to center really quickly. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to be like, oh, boy, stop all that noise. or Oh, boy, quit making that noise or whatever, instead of just letting him and allowing him. And as I said, I was I was that parent in the beginning because I didn't understand. But now that I understand and I've gone through the therapy services with him and I've done my research and I try to apply, you know, I try to apply what I've learned, but I don't necessarily go with the textbook answers. I tweak it and I make it work for us and how it's going to help us get to the level that we need to be at at that given time. So that's what I ask of these individuals that want to constantly antagonize when they are around or create situations that are going to be volatile. Um In in the end, because I'm that parent that's going to get upset and I'm just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold my tongue because if I feel like you're doing something to my child and you know that you should not do it, I don't care if you are 46 years old, 56 years old or 67 years old or 77 years old. I don't care. Do not do it. Your age, because you are an older person, does not give you the right to create a situation for a child that struggles with a sensory processing issue or you know that it's on the spectrum or has any other special health care need that does not give you the right to antagonize these children to the point to where you send them into a severe meltdown mode and then you want to be hostile with them in the tone of your voice and telling them that they need to calm down or and then the other thing is don't ever threaten my child like (laughs) don't ever say you're going to get this or you're going to get that or you're going to pop him. That's not what we do. Okay? You don't do that. There has to be some level of discipline. Yes, but physical? No, that's not what we do. Because they don't understand that. They feel just like we feel. So, if you were to do that, then... That's going to make him withdraw any more. And we, there's going to, that's going to make him withdraw more. And we have worked too hard to get to where we are in this journey for my child to regress. Will there be some regression? Yes. But it's not regression that I want to be brought on by antagonistic individuals. You know, it's not, it's regression that I want that's going to happen because that regression is slated to happen at any given time. It's not something that I want triggered by an antagonistic individual or an antagonistic situation. So, when if you are a friend or a family member, or even a parent of a child that you know has autism spectrum disorder and you know they they deal with sensory processing issues or any other type of developmental dis- delay or um special health care need and you know they deal with the sensory processing disorder issues then please be mindful of the things that you do and you say in any type of environment or situation that you're in, you have to be willing to learn the triggers of what's going to cause the the child to go into meltdown mode or, you know, what's causing him to become overstimulated um, and why he needs to probably break and search for the input that that his body needs because like where you and I are able to if someone was constantly antagonizing us we know we our minds tell us just to walk away from the situation their minds don't work like that. They they don't process the way we process. And that's the one thing that I think people don't understand. They think because society has said time and time again that this is just a label that doctors throw on kids that have behavioral problems. It's not just a label. This is real. And let me tell you how I know it's real. You guys know how I know. I live it every day of my life, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of the year, like, I live this every day, 365 days, I live this life, so I know that it's not just a label that, you know, sciences or doctors have come up just to, you know, slap on our children or whatever, that's not the case, Um, The other thing um, that I've noticed, too, is like when you have um, someone that does not really want to understand it, um, they question and they make comments about, um, well, you know, he doesn't look like he has autism. Well, the one thing I want you to do is I want people to research and I want them to come up and I want someone to tell me what exactly a person with autism looks like. Because did you know that, you know, Einstein had autism? There are several celebrities that have autism. No, I'm pretty sure most of you didn't know that because they are because but you can't look at them and tell that they have autism because autism doesn't have a look, but it is a beautiful thing. Um, This is a beautiful world we live in. No matter how many antagonistic people that we come in contact with and they try to, you know, cast shadow or cast cast doubt on what it is that we're trying to do here, the world is beautiful. And as much as I would like to sleep at night, um, as tired as I am, as mentally exhausted as I am, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, I would, are there some days I wish I could take this, you know, I don't, and I don't even want to call it a burden because it's not a burden. I want to take what he's going through and carry it for him. Of course I do. What parent wouldn't? especially when there there are antagonizing situations or individuals at play. You know, like the, the it's almost like the devil's playground in a sense. Um, you know, you have your good days and you have your bad days, and even in your good days the devil will show up, you know, on the devil's playground and try to just create a hostile situation um that will trigger your child And then because they aren't willing to accept or even educate themselves to even better understand what's going on with him, they create situations and then they want to sit back and they want to talk about it or they want to be harsh with him or they want to try to discipline him in a manner that we don't discipline in. Um, So my whole thing for 2019 is to... Hopefully get people on board to want to learn more about autism spectrum disorder. Um, some kids have it, you know, harder than other other kids or and it's not just kids. Let's talk about kids, teens and adults, because adults deal with this, too. As I said, you know, we have some celebrities that have it Um I know a few adult people in my life that are on the spectrum and didn't get diagnosed until later in life. Um, And, you know, it's just like, It goes back to this is what was going on with me in school this is why i had these issues this is why i was this way but they they didn't get that diagnosis because one when you live especially in the african-american community when you live in the african-american community parents are so hung up on what other people are going to think as i've said previous times and as I've said in this episode here, we're so hung up on what people are going to think about our child having a, di- a clinical diagnosis of autism or now autism spectrum disorder that we just sweep it under the rug and we just like we just let them slide through. That's not fair. That's doing a disservice to your child because who cares what Nancy, Joe, or Miranda or John or Jacob? Who cares what they think? Because they don't have to raise that child. They don't have to raise that child to be a productive member of society. You know, so if you you can't think about what the next person is going to think or or say or how they feel. And you definitely can't worry about the doors that are going to close once you get that clinical diagnosis. Have a few doors closed on Cortland and I? Of course they have. But that was just this. And as I said in the episode of the T-Talk series that I did with my cousin, Moni Love, um, last week, the last Sunday of um, 2018, God places people in your lives for a reason, for a season and for a lifetime. The doors that shut on Cortland and I once we got that clinical diagnosis Those doors were intended to be shut because God didn't intend for them to be on this journey with us. And I'm a strong believer in that. And I take that with me wherever I go. If you can't applaud him and his accomplishments, then if you can't be with us when we're having our worst days, if you can't support us, then you don't need to be with us or around us and that's friend, family or foe, whatever. I don't like I don't I don't mince words or don't dis, like say family because it's family. Some of your family they are not designed for this journey with you. And God will show you that. He will show you that in the form of jealousy. He will show you that in the form of, you know, they just don't want to help you or they always have something negative to say or they're always creating situations that raise your stress level which in turn raises the stress level of your child which in turn triggers some behaviors that may have you to go through have an episode of distress you know meltdown just to have like a bad week a bad day a bad couple of weeks like so if doors are closing and it's closing and it's closing on family members let those doors stay closed you know because there are other you have other family members you have other friends you have a whole team of support in therapists doctors and most importantly If you're a believer, the support of God, you know, because he's never going to give you more than you can handle. He's never going to place more on your shoulders that you can bear. You know, he's going to he's in this walk with us. And that's how I get through on a daily basis. So to all those antagonistic people that want to come into our lives and create havoc, the door closes now. That may sound harsh, but it's what I feel in 2019, and that's what I'm going to carry through with us in 2019. So today, Monday, January 7, 2019, we shut the door on all the antagonizing individuals or antagonizing situations in our lives because 2019 is the year, is a breakthrough year for us. We are going to continue to kick autism's butt on a daily basis. We're going to continue to defy all obstacles, all challenges. We're going to embrace our good days and our bad days the same. We're going to see them as works of God and God just trying to escalate us to the next level of this journey that he has placed us on. This is a journey that God has given to us. We accept it, as I've said in the past, and we're going to do it. And those that are going to be on board with us are going to be on board with us. And those that are not going to be on board, we'll see you later. We say goodbye to you in 2019 and we move forward and we continue to defy every obstacle and every challenge that comes our way we continue to talk about autism nothing you do nothing you say no comments no eye rolls no anything no disrespect to anything that we have going on is going to shut me up in talking about autism because i am a southern mama that's doing autism a to z and i'm gonna do it until there's no breath left in me trust and believe because i am doing this for my child it is important and i am hoping to reach other families that are going through similar situations, that have gone through similar situations that we're going through. I want them to be able to talk about what it is that they are experiencing in this journey. And if it takes me to start it or if it takes someone else to start it, we are here in 2019 and we are shutting the door on the antagonistic individuals and the antagonistic situations that have held us held our tongues, and caused us to remain silent for so long. Not in 2019. You don't get the glory. You don't get the victory. Because this is a journey given to us by God. We will follow his lead and we will get through it. So take your antagonistic ways, attitudes, and go left or go right. But get from in front of us because this bus is going to continue to move. And if you're not on it, we're going to plow you down. So in 2019, we're saying goodbye to antagonistic individuals and situations. I want to thank you guys for listening. This has been Cinnamon with another episode. First episode of 2019 Um, Sweet Teeth, Southern Mama doing autism A to Z. Really quick shout out to a really dear friend of mine that I met in college at the University of Tennessee, um, Ebony Warren, Um, today's her birthday so really quick shout out want to say happy birthday to Ebony Um, I wish you many many more and I hope you have a blessed and wonderful day Um, and again guys thanks for listening I will be back with more frequent episodes because like I said 2019 we're taking over and we're going to continue to talk some things may seem repetitive but I repeat things because I feel like I need to drive it home so in closing with this episode this is what these are the takeaways that I want you to have I want you to educate yourselves I want you to gain that understanding so that you're able to accept and not judge. I want you to know that children that have special health care needs or developmental delays or you know that are on the autism spectrum just autism spectrum they have the disorder. I want you to understand they may be different. But they are not less than you or me. And I need you to understand that they have feelings and that they understand they may not be able, some may not be able to say you hurt my feelings, but no, you can see it in their eyes when their feelings have been hurt. So I need you to be more aware in 2019 and not just with these individuals. Let's just talk about people in general with the neurotypical community. You treat people the way you want to be treated. Always remember that. Again, thank you guys for listening. This has been Cinnamon Sweet Tea, Southern Mama, doing Autism A to Z. You guys have a great Monday.